Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I have an amazing guest with me today. But before I introduce her and we get into releasing love blocks and boosting your dating confidence and finding love after lockdown, I wanted to invite you to get to know a little bit more about yourself. I have put together this lovely quiz that will show you what your strongest spiritual gift is. It mm. takes 60 seconds to answer the questions and to get your result. So if you're interested in getting to know a little bit more about your personal spiritual gifts, and take 60 seconds and find out a little bit more about what makes you uniquely you. So now that you know a little bit more about yourself, let's go find your optimal love match. Jean Sullivan Belici, after many years of coaching in the corporate world, helping people grow in their leadership and marketing and business and personal relationships, became a certified life coach. She's also the author of Be the Soul You Want to Attract, and she decided to pursue her passion and become the soulmate coach. She has entertained and inspired millions in media interviews with her extraordinary midlife love story, where she turned her marketing skills on herself to attract her husband overnight, which I think is the time frame most of us are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Praised for her unique voice that helps you feel like your fabulous, wise BFF is in the room with you. She helps singles step up for themselves and attract a true partner. She believes her purpose is to help bring soulmates together and make the world a better place. Welcome, Jean. I'm so happy to have you here with me this morning. Oh, I'm so excited for our conversation. We're both into sovereignty. I know. And I, <laughs> that was one of the things that when you came through on my um, in my application, it's like, ooh, sovereignty. Yes, we are all about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So before you uh, became the soulmate coach and started to approach life a little bit differently, what was life like for you? Were you always kind of tuned in to what you were supposed to be doing? I was tuned in, but I would say um, to, an, to a certain extent. But the bigger problem for me was having the um, <clears throat> cojones to live my life the way that I wanted to. I had a lot of fears around my abilities to be an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, to shed my gilded cage. I had an amazing 20 plus year career as a marketing executive. I had a, a great national reputation. Um, shedding that identity was a little scary for me. It's at first. super scary. I'm sure there are a lot of people sitting out there nodding their heads and looking at their golden handcuffs and going, I really wish I could just ditch these. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I knew that um, I, I liked my career, but I knew that I wanted to do something more soulful and more on purpose. And I felt for a long time that my extraordinary um, love story was inspiring a lot of people. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I didn't realize how many people really related to my story and thought that what I've, I've got, you know, a soulmate partner wasn't possible for them. And so I started to realize, you know, if I don't step up, those people aren't going to hear my story. Mm -hmm. And what a tragedy that would be, because that's really my purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what was life like for you earlier in your dating life? Take us back to Ooh. that first date, Jean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, first of all, I was a late bloomer. I should say that most of my life, I struggled with a few things. I was always obese. I was, you know, 300 pounds. And I had what everybody calls the strong, independent personality. Yeah. yeah. And I was, 
<laughs> and I was I told love my a strong, independent personality. Me too. Imagine why, but <laughs> me too. But I was told my whole life by so many people, even dates, you're too much. You need to tone yourself down. Even you laugh too loud. I mean, there were so many oh messages, and I think a lot of women in particular hear that a lot. You don't seem to hear that as much with men who have large personalities, but um, I'm sure there are exceptions. Uh, but yeah, no, not so much because men are expected to come in and take up all the space in the room. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, I, I agree. There's I agree. a social expectation around that. So mm -hmm. question for you, you mentioned you had been overweight for quite mm -hmm. a while. You even used the O word. I love mm -hmm. that you owned that. Um, I have a friend who recently went through weight reduction surgery mm -hmm. and she's got her own business. Absolutely brilliant lady, knows a lot about marketing and putting together and running small businesses. And she says, the funniest thing happened because while my intelligence didn't change one whit, the world around me decided I was smarter. Oh yes. Oh, yes. I should add to that, since this does relate to your question about what was I like before? What was life like? So when I was a teenager, I got sent to what they uh, affectionately call a fat farm camp. Yes. Uh-huh. Let's let's diet you down. <laughs> and so I got so I got down to I got really skinny by my second summer at the camp. And I decide I became like a really good anorexic person, by the way, but I Oh yeah, and that's not uncommon either that you just yeah. change one eating compulsion for another. And, and it's true. And I think um, what would happen, though, is I, I got very angry by how differently I was treated when I was thin. Um, and how people said, you're not the same person. I said, I, I am the same person. I'm, I'm definitely how, how the world is reacting to me is a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it angered me a lot. And, um, you know, and I think getting attention at 15 years old from 40 year old men was a little scary. It very can be very scary and extremely creepy. It's like, it no, I don't want to go out with my dad. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that That's what it was like. And I think that's part of the reason why um, I gained my weight back over time is that I, I, I just didn't know how to function in this world. I didn't know how to cope. And, you know, eventually I was able to lose the weight again. And then I started to go out. And I, by this time I was in my late 20s. And when I was out in the dating world, um, I still was coming up against that judgment of society because even though for me i mean i think i was like a size 10 coming from a size 26 i thought 10 was 10 is the bomb i know <laughs> that's the next size i'm working my way into is 10 <laughs> yeah i i thought it was fabulous i felt so good and uh and i was also you know, feeling more confident. By then I had learned some skills about how to cope in different ways and and whatnot. And I was more confident. And uh, the first man I dated was um, a man at my gym because I was working out a lot. And all the women were after him. He was movie star handsome. Mm, yes. And I was the only woman who like didn't pay him any mind. I just figured, oh, he's... Yikes, you know, he's yeah. a player. <laughs> he's a player, yeah. Well, yeah. and they tend to be. Unfortunately, the outside rarely matches the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember a moment where um, he said, hey, I was going to be go on that machine. And I said, well, honey, I don't see your name on it. So, so and I was here first. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um, I thought he was going to stamp off, but he got this big beaming smile and he said, I like you. You're a spitfire. <laughs> and then he, you know, he asked me out. But the, the thing was, and I was excited. I thought maybe I had misjudged him. I hadn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out I hadn't, yes. <laughs> so on the date, he said, God, you're gorgeous. How much more weight are you going to lose? 
Oh, that is like none of your fucking business, even if we're married. <laughs> yeah, it was all kinds of wrong. And I just felt, good God, I mean, seriously, like you, who, who are you to think that that's an appropriate person, thing to say Question. to anybody? Yeah, exactly. And from that, that angle, I mean, it's one thing to discuss with a loved one. Uh, their health and your concern for their health. It's a whole nother thing to just like, are, are you going to be that size two that I can show off at the the country club? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really crazy. And then, you know, from then on, you know, I started attracting men who were, now I figured out why later, but who were afraid of commitment because of course I was. I was afraid to be vulnerable. I had learned my whole life you know, be careful with men. Um, be very careful. My mother was stalked when I was a little girl. Oh, yeah, that will make you cautious of men. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And I think my own experiences when I first lost the weight and having older men get very sexual, I thought it just was no surprise that I was a pretty late bloomer. And I found that I hadn't worked through my stuff enough that I was just attracting over and over men who just did not um, did not want commitment, mm -hmm. didn't want to give me all of themselves, didn't want all of me. Yeah. What were some of the signs? What are some of the signs you're dealing with a commitment phobe? And perhaps you might also be having some commitment phobe issues. Oh, yes. Well, my last relationship is where I really learned this for good. I was with a man for five years, not an evil guy, you know, just a terrible match for me. Um, I learned after the relationship broke up, I talked to a therapist. And, you know, things that I had dismissed about him as being, well, when I first met him, his mother was dying. And, you know, I, I dismissed them as grief. Mm -hmm. And my therapist said, that's a lovely story, but this is a commitment phobe. And let me explain. So um, she gave me a book written by a man. I, I wish I could remember the name for you right now, because it was an amazing book. It was written from the male perspective and giving women advice. Mm -hmm. Um, and one, if you think of the title, just send it to me later and we'll, we'll put it I on with everything else. <laughs> I definitely will. I will look for that. Um, so some of the signs include, and some of these are surprising. One is, um, well, obviously they don't want to move in together even after you've been together for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, they will, they have, a, there will be a pattern of the person will pursue you and then when you start to respond and accept that and ex have some expectation that this is a relationship they will shy away so there's always this hot and cold back and forth they will be uncomfortable exchanging gifts because they believe that um, puts more expectation on them they do not like to initiate sex mm -hmm. because they feel that um they can then feel less guilty because deep down they know they just don't have it within them to really commit to anyone. Right. But if themselves. you offer, okay, fine. I'll, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, things like that, that I had dismissed uh, for various reasons, we could find all the reasons in the oh, world. Too. I'm really good at rationalizing. <laughs> I, I will give you excuses until the cows come home. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's I, one I of the boundaries I have to work with myself on. It's like, okay, here's here are my expectations. If they're not met, I have there are natural consequences, and I have to just allow the natural consequences. <laughs> it's true, and and it was very confusing for me because the hot and cold thing. Mm -hmm. So, for example, he didn't want to live with me, but we lived in Miami at the time, and. He lived, you know, 25 miles from me, and he didn't want to live together. He only wanted to spend weekends together. Mm -hmm. And I was so busy, that actually wasn't that bad. Yeah, that works. <laughs> All right. right. But <laughs> if you're working 12 and 14 hour days, that's, that's fine. <laughs> true. But what, what was really funny to me and why commitment folks can be so confusing is he bought a condo directly across the street from me. And he said things like, you know, I was thinking of buying, you know, an apartment in your building, 
a condo in your building, but I couldn't find one. So he wanted to be closer, but but not that close. Not yeah. in the same. Not in the same unit. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. was. It was fascinating to me, and of course, I looked at that the way I wanted to see it. And I realized, though, when I started looking into how I give love, how I receive love, and he really, it was such a bad match that way. Um, and I gained a lot of weight in that relationship because I felt starved. Another sign that something is really dramatically off, right? Yes, yes. And and he was ashamed of that. And, you know, that was really the mark of the end. Yeah, there's another red flag for you, right? Yeah. And yeah. he was overweight, too. So that really, that pissed me off, to be yeah, honest. The double you. standard, it's like, oh, come on, dude, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so a lot of women related to my story. And I went on this two year journey of okay, I, I need to work on myself. I need to yeah. release a lot of bad beliefs. I need to really rethink I, I who I am. Really, I want to really dig into that journey, but we're up on our first break already. Can you believe it? Ah! Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're out there and you're in a relationship that's been frustrating you because it's not going where you want it to go or he's not becoming what you think he has the capability to become, I would love for you to grab out your pen and your paper and spend a few minutes around the areas in which this relationship is not working for you. And hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here with Jean Belici. And she was telling us before we went on the break that she, after that last disastrous relationship, she went on a bit of a man fast and decided to focus on herself. So tell me, the what did you start to focus on? What did you notice in yourself that you felt like you wanted to shift? Well, I decided to put the focus on me for once in my life. When I was in relationships, I completely got lost. Mm. And it was surprising to me because I had this amazing circle of friends and an amazing career. I had so much strength and power. But when I showed up in relationship, I was not that way. What were some of the signs that you'd lost yourself in the relationship? I think the weight gain was one. Um, I wasn't able to express my unhappiness. I was too afraid of hurting his feelings and or breaking up. I was too afraid of that. I didn't know how to let go. Mm -hmm. um, 
losing power also where um, I was kind of compromising on what I wanted. I wanted to get married after five years. Um, not Seems to him. reasonable to me if it's a good relationship. Yeah. Uh, that'd be yeah. an excellent commitment point. You know each other really well at that point. <laughs> and I wanted a partner and I, I was accepting so much less than that for too long. And so I realized I'm just not being myself. And, you know, he admitted towards the end that he was ashamed of my weight, even though I was overweight when we met, which is another story. But I felt I just can't be myself with this person and really loved as I am. And um, that's just not okay anymore. And when we did break up, I, of course, cried for a couple of days. I had the whole abandonment thing going on. But well, we all do, I think, to <laughs> some degree. Abandonment is no fun. <laughs> no. But the thing that was so interesting to me and so telling is on the third day, I was driving to work and some a favorite piece of music came on. And I was dancing in my car. I was singing at the top of my lungs. And this overall feeling was like, oh, my God, I'm happy about this. Oh, my God. Like, I was... What, what's wrong with me? I'm happy about this. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I started to cry, but it was more like relief from my soul. Yeah. That I was coming back to myself out of a long, deep sleep. Mm. That's beautiful. So what kind of steps did you take after you came to this realization that you'd been unhappy, like, at a soul level in this relationship? Mm -hmm. Well, um, the first thing I did is I started traveling the world by myself, taking adventures. Um, it was a passion of mine, and I, I wanted to expand my horizons, have fun. I hadn't had fun in, with him, ev you know, very much. And yeah. so... <laughs> I said, let me have some fun. Let me travel the world. And then I also, though, I started working with a therapist, a life coach. I started to go to a lot of dating and relationship workshops, um, uh, you know, several week courses, certification courses. I really said, okay, I'm, I'm over 40 now. And I have to figure this out. I want a partner in my life. And I know I need to take two years off. So I spent that time not only having fun and taking care of myself, eating better, started to lose weight. Um, I wanted I, to... I go ahead. I have a question for you before you yeah. finish that, because... You you said over 40. I know a lot of us have a clock in our head that like ticks really loudly. It's like, I should be in a relationship. I want to be in a relationship. Where's my guy? How how do you quiet that compulsion in order to make enough space for yourself to do something like this? Well, it's interesting you say that. One of the people I studied under was Alison Armstrong. I really like her work. And she was saying, especially for the women who are on a biological clock, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't interested in having children. Uh, I was willing to take care of somebody's older children if it was yeah. the right person. <laughs> but um, I didn't have that pressure. But there is still a pressure no matter what, because you're told, you know, uh, once you're over 40, you have a better chance of being killed by a terrorist. Um, that was in uh, Sleepless in Seattle. It was yeah, in a magazine. Well, that, that was before even 9-11 happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's become more likely, I think, now. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, but what Allison said was, even if part of the reason is you want to have children, you have to really make a decision and be brave. Because if you really want a true partnership to to go into every budding potential relationship with that pressure is only going to turn off the other person and yeah. not allow them to be who they are and to be free. And I feel like if there's something else in your arsenal you can use, like freezing your eggs, I have a friend who did that. Mm -hmm. um, it took a lot of the pressure off. Um, you know, that can help you because the more you feel that anxiety and that pressure, it's just not a great way for a relationship yeah, to evolve with too much it's expectation. It's a really agitated energy. 
Agreed. People don't want to connect with that compulsive, agitated energy. Yeah. Yeah. Then it feels to the other person almost transactional. And um, I've seen that in, in some relationships. And, and it's a shame, you know, but... The only exception to that, I think, is like I encourage people who are like maybe in their late 30s and they want to have kids, you know, try putting in your profile, I really want to have kids. And you might find that there are people out there who are like, yeah, I, I want to right I away too. Totally want to. Yeah. And then it's not something that comes up on the first date necessarily, <laughs> but everyone's aware that it's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. That's amazing. So you're you're taking your two years, you're doing all of these certifications and the courses and traveling on your own. I know there are a lot of ladies out there who are going, Oh, I could never. Oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun to go on your own timeline to not have to please anyone else. You know, um, I thought that was really great. You know, another thing I did was to feel sexier. Um, I actually took some belly dancing. Oh, fun. I wanted to feel beautiful in my body. Um, I, I knew I would always be curvy to some extent. And I wanted to feel beautiful about that and not have to apologize anymore for having thick legs or having a big butt and to actually find it as an asset. Yeah, well, the, and there's a whole nother conversation to be had, right? I have yeah. a, a husband uh, who's thankfully no longer in my world. Uh, but when we were together, one of my signs that we were not very compatible was he would always be pushing on me on, well, you should get a breast augmentation, you know, <sighs> the doctor, we can get you the family rate. And I'm like, oh. mm -hmm. I'm perfectly happy heading up the itty bitty titty committee. That is not <laughs> happening. And um, one of the signs that I was with the right guy when I met my current husband was he loves me exactly the way I am. He loves that I don't wear makeup. I'm allergic to makeup. It's not really an option. So yeah, it's beautiful that he he loves women who are au naturel because yeah. that's what you're going to get with me. And I've got these German birthing hips and these curvy legs and all of this sort of thing. And he absolutely he's a leg man all day long. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that's so funny, because um, one of the things I've always been teased about is my thick legs, even when I, at my skinniest, they were always thick and short. And, yeah, um, well, you know, I'm vertically <laughs> challenged, too. I feel you on that. <laughs> um, it was always, so it was really funny when my husband said he was a leg man before we met. And I said, well, you know, I wouldn't say um, that's my greatest asset, but, you know, they do the job. They're strong. They get they me around. They go all the way to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, um, well, what do you mean? And I said, I, just, I said, well, you know, I would say they're stocky. And he said, tell me more. Ooh, and I told him more. He I said, in. <laughs> he did. He leaned in. And he said, that is incredibly hot. And I said, you're joking. And he goes, no, I spent a lot of time in Eastern Europe and I noticed that a lot of the women there had bigger hips and, and shorter, thick legs. I thought it was very like earth mother and very sexy and sensual. And I said, oh, that is definitely a sign. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Something I'd been made fun of for my whole life. And this was his favorite part of me. It's yeah, something amazing. That, that's a really good sign. Love that. So you've gone through your, your two years of stuff. How did you decide, okay, I, I've gotten to the point that it's time to get back in the dating pool? So after two years, um, I had completed every bit of training I could find. Um, I was talking to a life coach at the time, and we both together, she was asking me all these questions. And I came to the realization that if I did any more, then I was really just never going to put avoiding. myself back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> avoiding. Yeah. That's the best way to say it. And uh, so I did put myself out there and I got a lot of attention, but just not from the right men. I was surprised <laughs> to find I was an accidental cougar. Oh, um, no. I was 
I was getting funny photos, those bathroom photos of 25-year-old guys, like, yeah, with the, in the bathroom yeah, mirror with their muscles. And the, yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. They were uh, very sexy. Eye candy. Yeah. <laughs> they were very sexy. But I was already in my early 40s by then, and I... I just didn't feel like I just I guess I'm not uh, Mrs. Robinson because I just didn't feel attracted uh, to them. Mm-hmm. And but I was curious, though, uh, the coach in me was curious. So I asked them, so what made you come looking for me? And that would get various answers ranging from, well, you don't want to marry me. You don't want to have my baby. And you're probably better in bed than women my age. And I went, OK, that's fair. Oh. Okay, yeah. Well, it's good feedback to have. It is. Now and it's time I'm, to read the dating profile again from a whole nother perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. And I figured out why was I attracting them. And I didn't judge them for it. They were being honest. Um, but I think it was because, well, I know it was because my profile was written from a lack mindset. Oh, do tell. Well, you know. What does a profile from a lack mindset kind of look like? It's safe because you're afraid of scaring anyone away. So, so I was, I had, without realizing it, when I wrote the profile, like I, I didn't want to say I wanted to get married, that that was my dating agenda, because everyone tells you that oh, that's scary. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really share all of myself. I just share all the stuff that I thought, you know, was the best looking on paper. And um, I didn't put any fake photos. Those were all real. And the details I gave were all real. But there just wasn't a lot of me, all of me out there. Uh, okay. So, so I think so the quirkiness is you kind of held back. Yeah. And, and so these guys, what they were seeing is, okay, she's confident and she's probably looking to get her groove back. She's an easy, she looks like she'd be easy fun, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I got wise to that. I thanked them and I rewrote my profile. I said, okay, I'm just going to say I want to get married. I'm going to tell them all my interests, that I love to go to drag shows and I need somebody who's going to go with me to drag shows. Um, (laughs) I... I, um, I'm a businesswoman and I'm not always going to have, you know, all my time for, For you know, being at home. I have to travel, but here's what I do offer. Here's what I have to offer and what I'm looking for in a partner. Here's what I really need. And here are my deal breakers. I mean, I put it all in there, the things they tell you to talk about later, but I said, Mm -hmm. I don't want to waste any more time on bad dates. (laughs) Yeah, amen. And, and if this is going to scare you off, I want to know up front. <laughs> yeah, and and I I started to realize I do want to scare them off like before they even approach me. Yeah, because why do you need to go on a bunch of dates that aren't going to be suitable? Yeah. 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 So I flew my freak flag, put it out there and, you know, Todd and several other men my age all same values, goals all wrote to me like, where have you been? Where have you been all my life? Yeah, <laughs> lovely. It was great. It was such an immediate shift that I knew I was onto something and this was some- going to lead me more into my life's work. That is awesome. Well, guess what? We are already up on our second break here. Can you believe it? <laughs> I can. It went so fast. (laughs) I know. So what I'd like to invite you to do, if you're out there and thinking about, well, maybe I'm ready to dip my toe in the dating pool. Maybe I'm not. Uh, Even so, I would like you to take your pen and paper and uh, fly that freak flag for a minute. Write down everything about you that is unique and quirky and what are your must-haves, what are your deal breakers. Make that list. You don't have to do anything with it yet, but hang with us. We'll be right back from there. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. 
tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827. And let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here still with the amazing and wonderful Jean Bellucci. And so... When we went to break, you had flown that freak flag on your dating (laughs) profile and gotten some legitimate interest from some guys who were more appropriate. So how did things play out from there? Well, I had decided that so I wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket and put any particular pressure. I I decided I was going to do something unnatural for me. Probably a good idea is date multiple people. Yeah. Okay. You know, not to go one at a time and see where it goes. And, you know, I decided it would it would boost my confidence. Uh, it would help me to reinforce the understanding that there are a lot of men out there who do want what I want and have a lot to offer and don't fit the stereotypes I had been taught my whole life. Ah, yes. And then it became obvious after three dates with Todd that um, this was, this was probably it. And on the second day, I should say this for those of you listening, you know, sometimes then when you know, you have this intuition that you've gotten what you want, even if it hasn't fully manifested, that can be scary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's like the dog that finally catches the fly. It's like, holy shit. Now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I, I had a moment of panic at the beginning of the relationship, when I started to understand what this was. And um, I got all nervous, I got scared. But luckily, I I knew what was happening. I was like, you just don't know how to receive the closet (laughs) commitment phobe coming out, right? Yes, (laughs) yes, afraid of making the wrong choice, afraid I would be choosing somebody like I did before, all these things were going in my head. But I now had the tools to move forward despite that and not Mm. fall back into those patterns. And a couple of years later, we got married and we'd been uh, together about 10 years. And um, I decided, you know, I did become a life coach before I became the soulmate coach. And I was, um, we were living in San Francisco and I was coaching Silicon Valley executives and he was in the biotech world. Ah, Another point of compatibility. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. And but what um, what happened was um, in 2019, for various reasons, he and I um, wanted a new adventure, and uh, we decided to move to Ireland. Ooh, I am uh, at least part of the year. Um, we still are in California as well, but we wanted to spend more time in Europe. I am a dual citizen, and ah, um, that makes it easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just, you know, I wanted to continue to paint the lifestyle, and so did he, that we had envisioned for ourselves from the beginning, you know, having more freedom to work from wherever we want, have more options. And that's what we were building. And when the pandemic hit, 
Last year, I wrote my book, Be the Soulmate You Want to Attract, Mm -hmm. Step into Your Sovereignty and Magnetize a Higher Love. And um, I launched it, you know, I launched it in the US and in in Europe. And I got, you know, it was pretty well received, Um, did uh, media interviews around it. And I just got very excited once I once people started hearing about me and coming to me just for that. Mm. It was so exciting for me. And I found knowledge and abilities I had that I wasn't even aware of. And um, it was just very, very fulfilling seeing people, you know, just with some guidance and with some support, just come out of their cocoon and not only clarify what they need, but to really own what they deserve. Yeah, just go after it. You know, I love that. I love that. So what are some tips that you have for the listeners? What are some of the com- common blocks that people run up against? And how do you start to step around those blocks? So um, in my private and group coaching, what I've done is I've created six steps that I like to walk clients through just to make sure that the resistance is gone enough that they can move forward. A lot of times when people come to me, um, they're like I said earlier, they're successful in life, but not so much in love. So that tells me there are some limiting beliefs that need to be let go of, some self-forgiveness that needs to be let go of. So the first step is forgiveness. Do I need to Do I still have energetic cords between me and someone else that I haven't emotionally forgiven? Maybe I have intellectually, right? Exactly. Um, What's a sign that maybe you've intellectually forgiven, but not emotionally? I think uh, to me, the biggest sign is when you start to see a pattern of a certain type of person with the similar dynamic you had with that person Mm. keep showing up. To me, that's a sure sign. Okay, where did this start the business here yes (laughs) because the universe will keep doing sending you that until you wake up and figure out what it is Uh, self-forgiveness is really important and I would say 90% of my clients have not really done that work not really it's it's hard to forgive yourself I have a rough time letting myself off the hook I've Mm -hmm. I struggled with infertility for many years, and that was my big area in which yeah. it was super duper hard to forgive myself. It, yeah, my, my brain wants to tell me, well, you should have known and known better and all this kind of stuff. And it's, yeah, no, unproductive. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's true. And um, self-compassion is a new f- place of study. And I encourage if anybody is going through that, you know, there are some really wonderful TED talks about self-compassion, but I do a lot of that work um, with my clients. I help them look at their patterns. What are their relationship patterns? And once they start to get more clarity around that, they'll almost always say to me, I thought I had it figured out. And I said, well, that's why we take one last look at it because you have a different perspective now. Yeah. And instead of looking... Instead of looking at this as a mistake, realize this was really a gift to teach you what you need so you could go after that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's not a mistake, it's information. <laughs> yeah, and you know, then we walk through you know, learning to trust the process. There's something in law of attraction called the law of allowing. Mm. Uh, most people are pushing, pushing, pushing for a result instead of getting clear, clarifying their vision, and then just allowing it to come. Uh, So there's that. And then I teach people how to brand themselves online and even in person so that they're wildly, bravely authentic. I love that. It's so hard to read the label on the outside of your bottle. Yeah. And people are amazed. Sometimes I'll help them write their profile. I get all the components together with them and then I help them. And they're like, wow, I sound so great. Is that that's who you are? Because that's who you are. Exactly. You are that great. 
Um, it's so true. And, and I, well, that, it is, I think... it's like writing your own resume or your own like personnel review. I used to oh. help my colleagues with that when I was in corporate. In fact, my boss assigned that one year as my responsibility. You're going to sit with everybody as they're writing their annual review because <laughs> I need a more accurate picture than what I'm getting. And mm. people would discount all kinds of things. It's like, no, that's a big deal. You need to put that in there. <laughs> Oh, for sure. And, and um, I would say my biggest tips for writing that profile, the most important thing is, is authenticity, number one. Include your dating agenda. What is the ultimate goal? Doesn't mean that your goal right away, your ultimate goal. If you want to get married, eventually, please declare that. Own that. There are plenty of people who will resonate and appreciate your honesty. Um, I would think about your essential needs, your deal breakers, include that. And even more importantly, don't use <laughs> a list of adjectives. It is the most boring thing and it says nothing about you. Uh -huh. Like, for example, a common adjective people use for themselves or what they're looking for is funny. Yo, that's really subjective. <laughs> right, right. Or adventurous is another one. Well, that means completely different things. For some people, it's climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. For me, it's like hopping on a plane and going to Switzerland or something. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or I'm checking out a mall on the other side of town I've never <laughs> been to before. I mean, it's, there's levels in adventuring. <laughs> exactly. So what do we and, do instead of that? Because yes. that's the easy, obvious go-to that's not getting us anywhere. Yes. So in journalism, uh, they have something called show, don't tell. Oh. So what you will do is you will think of maybe the top five uh, most essential adjectives about you and then the person you're looking for or the relationship you want. And instead of just using that word, show it, illustrate it describe what that looks like so that the other person can see if they picture themselves in the picture with with you so oh. for example uh let's say uh i wanted to say i was funny well that means a lot of different things so i might say well my friends call me the female jim carrey you know all right <laughs> not true for me but um but I've, you know, I could, that would be a very clear picture that this is a person who's, you know, kind of like a clown is, you know, got that very over, over the, the top. top kind of humor. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that. And so for adventurous, you'd want to describe your adventure. Yeah, I, I had a client. I would love to jump on a plane one weekend <laughs> with an overnight bag and just see what's available at the airport for our destination. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, I have a client, we just finished her profile, and she said, a venture for me is going on a, 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 going on a Saturday to garage sales, finding a hidden treasure piece of furniture and restoring it mm. with love. And I said, that's very different, you know. Um, if you, you know, for me, uh, a really great sense of humor, but also a progressive mindset was super important to me. So I killed two birds with one stone, pardon the expression, with, um, I put that uh, my dream man would love sitting on the couch with me with a bucket of popcorn, laughing hysterically over Stephen Colbert, Jon Stewart, mm -hmm. um, Trevor Noah. Yeah. And then that to me was like taking care of two things so that I knew I would find somebody that had a similar view of the world, at least compatible. Yeah, they didn't exactly. have to believe everything I did, but just had a compatible view of the world and the way they wanted to show up in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. And that's some amazing advice. I've got, I know we've got people out there with their pens and pen paper just scribbling rapidly. So we're down to the last few minutes of our show. And I know there are a bunch of you out there who are going, oh, how do I get a hold of her? Well, you can always go to sovereignself.media because that's where I put the guest contact information as well as their gift. So would you like to describe your gift, Jean? Yay! Yay! So I I, yes, I, you know, I found that one of the number one questions people would give me is, I can't figure out what my blocks are. Mm -hmm. So I developed a quiz, what is your top love block? Very nice. And, 
And then what I did is I, I invite people on that page. There's no pressure, but if you feel after reading it and the general sense of what you should do about it, if you feel that you want more support, um, you could call uh, or schedule a free consultation and okay. we could talk about what private and group coaching is like um, and see if it's a fit for you. And but I think even just doing the quiz, if you never contact me, it's such a valuable piece of information that you can decide, well, where do I take this? You know, can I just work with this right now or do I need to go get, you know, therapy or do a course or something like that? Some other intervention. Exactly. So, again, you'll go to SovereignSelf.media. Jean will be up at the top of the page and you can take her quiz and decide on whatever level of engagement works for you. So we've got two minutes before the end of the show, Jean. What would be your final words of wisdom for somebody who's on this journey looking for a compatible life partner? I don't like twin flame language because that's scarcity again. (laughs) Exactly. No, that's exactly a great way to put it. I, I really like to promote my firm belief is we have many possible soulmates for, of course, there's friendship soulmates and romantic soulmates, but I think we have multiple options out there on uh, walking amongst us. So I like to category. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think so. I I really believe that. Um, And I think my main piece of advice would be to put yourself out there, all of you, And what I mean by that is with some of my clients, they kind of hide part of themselves. Um, Do you remember how Beyonce, uh, you know, developed this inner alter ego called Sasha Fierce? Yes. She had stage fright. And so when she was a little girl, she was very sassy and confident. But over time, she had been told she wasn't good enough. And so she got more nervous about going on on stage. So she recalled that part of her, reclaimed it. And now she's Beyonce, it's all integrated. I think inside each one of us, especially if you've been told you're too much like I was, it's time to reclaim those fabulous parts of you and let it out and don't care if anybody tells you you're too much. Own it, your soulmates will love it, love it, love it, and they'll see you more easily. And it'll help to sort out the non-goers from the goers. Thank you so much, Jean. It's been such a pleasure talking with you today. Oh, thank you so much. I really had a great time. And uh, thank you to everyone in listener land who's joined us today. Uh, you can reach me at AskZofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A, at transformationspace.co with any comments, suggestions for the show, compliments, criticisms. We take it all. Um and I'm super friendly. I respond to all my emails. So ask Sophia at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week right here.